chapter twenty eight of paul clifford by edward bulwer lytton this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty eight god bless our king and parliament and send he may make such knaves repent loyal songs against the rump parliament ho treachery my guards my cimeter byron when the irreverent mr pepper had warmed his hands sufficiently to be able to transfer them from the fire he lifted the right palm and with an indecent jocularity of spirits accosted the ci-devant ornament of the asinium with a sounding slap on his back or some such part of his confirmation ah old boy said he is this the way you keep house for us a fire not large enough to roast a nit and a supper too small to fatten him beforehand but how the deuce should you know how to provender for gentlemen you thought you were in scotland i'll be bound perhaps he did when he looked upon you ned said tomlinson gravely tis but rarely out of scotland that a man can see so big a rogue in so little a compass mr magrawler into whose eyes the palmistry of long ned had brought tears of sincere feeling and who had hitherto been rubbing the afflicted part now grumbled forth you may say what you please mr pepper but it is not often in my country that men of genius are seen performing the part of cook to robbers no quoth tomlinson they are performing the more profitable part of robbers to cooks eh dan you're out cried long ned for in that country there are either no robbers because there is nothing to rob or the inhabitants are all robbers who have plundered one another and made away with the booty may the devil catch thee said magrawler stung to the quick for like all scots he was a patriot much on the same principle as a woman who has the worst children makes the best mother the devil said ned mimicking the silver sound as sir w scott had been pleased facetiously to call the mountain tongue the scots in general seem to think it is silver they keep it so carefully the devil macdeal you mean sure the gentleman must have been a scotchman the sage grinned in spite but remembering the patience of epictetus when a slave and mindful also of the strong arm of long ned he curbed his temper and turned the beefsteaks with his fork well ned said augustus throwing himself into a chair which he drew to the fire while he gently patted the huge limbs of mr pepper as if to admonish him that they were not so transparent as glass let us look at the fire and by the by it is your turn to see to the horses plague on it cried ned it is always my turn i think hola you scot of the pot can't you prove that i groomed the beast last i'll give you a crown to do it the wise magrawler pricked up his ears a crown said he a crown do you mean to insult me mr pepper but to be sure you did see to the horses last and this worthy gentleman mr tomlinson must remember it too how cried augustus you are mistaken and i'll give you half a guinea to prove it magrawler opened his eyes larger and larger even as you may see a small circle in the water widen into enormity if you disturb the equanimity of the surface by the obtrusion of a foreign substance half a guinea said he nay nay you joke i'm not mercenary you think i am pooh pooh you are mistaken i'm a man who means weal a man of veracity will speak the truth in spite of all the half guineas in the world but certainly now i begin to think of it mr tomlinson did see to the creatures last and mr pepper it is your turn a very daniel said tomlinson chuckling in his usual dry manner ned don't you hear the horses neigh oh hang the horses said the volatile pepper forgetting everything else as he thrust his hands in his pockets and felt the gains of the night let us first look to our winnings so saying he marched towards the table and emptied his pockets thereon 
tomlinson nothing loath followed the example heavens what exclamations of delight issued from the scoundrel's lips as one by one they inspected their new acquisitions here's a magnificent creature cried ned handling that superb watch studded with jewels which the poor earl had once before unavailingly redeemed a repeater by jove i hope not said the phlegmatic augustus repeaters will not tell well for your conversation ned but powers that be look at this ring a diamond of the first water oh the sparkler it makes one's mouth water as much as itself sdeath here's a precious box for a sneezer a picture inside and rubies outside the old fellow had excellent taste it would charm him to see how pleased we are with his choice of jewellery talking of jewellery said tomlinson i had almost forgotten the morocco case between you and me i imagine we have a prize there it looks like a jewel casket so saying the robber opened that case which on many a gala day had lent lustre to the polished person of malevola o reader the burst of rapture that ensued imagine it we cannot express it like the grecian painter we drop a veil over emotions too deep for words but here said pepper when they had almost exhausted their transports at sight of the diamonds here's a purse fifty guineas and what's this notes by jupiter we must change them to-morrow before they are stopped curse those fellows at the bank they are always imitating us we stop their money and they don't lose a moment in stopping it too three hundred pounds captain what say you to our luck clifford had sat gloomily looking on during the operations of the robbers he now assuming a correspondent cheerfulness of manner made a suitable reply and after some general conversation the work of division took place we are the best arithmeticians in the world said augustus as he pouched his share addition subtraction division reduction we have them all as pat as the tutor's assistant and what is better we make them all applicable to the rule of three you have left out multiplication said clifford smiling all because that works differently the other rules apply to the species of the kingdom but as for multiplication we multiply i fear no species but our own bye gentlemen said mcgrawler austerely for there is a wonderful decorum in your true scotsman actions or trifles nothing can be cleaner than their words oh you thrust in your wisdom do you said ned i suppose you want your part of the booty part said the subtilizing tomlinson he has nine times as many parts as we have already is he not a critic and has he not the parts of speech at his finger's end nonsense said mcgrawler instinctively holding up his hands with the fork dropping between the outstretched fingers of the right palm nonsense yourself cried ned you have a share in what you never took a pretty fellow truly mind your business mr scott and fork nothing but the beefsteaks with this ned turned to the stables and soon disappeared among the horses but clifford eyeing the disappointed and eager face of the culinary sage took ten guineas from his own share and pushed them towards his quondam tutor there said he emphatically nay nay grunted mcgrawler i don't want the money it is my way to scorn such dross so saying he pocketed the coins and turned muttering to himself to the renewal of his festive preparations meanwhile a whispered conversation took place between augustus and the captain and continued till ned returned and the night's viands smoked along the board souls of don raphael and ambrose lamella what a charming thing it is to be a rogue for a little time how merry men are when they have cheated their brethren your innocent milksops never made so jolly a supper as did our heroes of the way clifford perhaps acted a part but the hilarity of his comrades was unfeigned it was a delicious contrast the boisterous ha-ha 
of long ned and the secret dry calculating chuckle of augustus tomlinson it was rabelais against voltaire they united only in the objects of their jests and foremost of those objects wisdom is ever the butt of the frivolous was the great peter magrawler the graceless dogs were especially merry upon the subject of the sage's former occupation come mac you carve this ham said ned you have had practice in cutting up the learned man whose name was thus disrespectfully abbreviated proceeded to perform what he was bid he was about to sit down for that purpose when tomlinson slyly subtracted his chair the sage fell no jests at magrawler said the malicious augustus whatever be his faults as a critic you see that he is well grounded and he gets at once to the bottom of a subject max suppose your next work be entitled a tale of woe men who have great minds are rarely flexible they do not take a jest readily so it was with magrawler he rose in a violent rage and had the robbers been more penetrating than they condescended to be they might have noticed something dangerous in his eye as it was clifford who had often before been the protector of his tutor interposed in his behalf drew the sage a seat near to himself and filled his play for him it was interesting to see this deference from power to learning it was alexander doing homage to aristotle there is only one thing i regret cried ned with his mouth full about the old lord it was a thousand pities we did not make him dance i remember the day captain when you would have insisted on it what a merry fellow you were once do you recollect one bright moonlight night just like the present for instance when we were doing duty near staines how you swore every person we stopped above fifty years old should dance a minuet with you ay added augustus and the first was a bishop in a white wig faith how stiffly his lordship jigged it and how gravely lovett bowed to him with his hat off when it was all over and returned him his watch and ten guineas it was worth the sacrifice and the next was an old maid of quality said ned as lean as a lawyer don't you remember how she curvetted to be sure said tomlinson and you very wittily called her a hop-pole how delighted she was with the captain's suavity when he gave her back her earrings and aigrette she bade him with a tender sigh keep them for her sake ha ha and the third was a beau cried augustus and lovett surrendered his right of partnership to me do you recollect how i danced his bowship into the ditch ah we were mad fellows then but we get sated blases as the french say as we grow older we look only to the main chance now said ned avarice supersedes enterprise added the sententious augustus and our captain takes to wine with an h after the w continued the metaphorical ned come we are melancholy said tomlinson tossing off a bumper methinks we are really growing old we shall repent soon and the next step will be hanging for gad said ned helping himself don't be so croaking there are two classes of malign gentry who should always be particular to avoid certain colours in dressing i hate to see a true boy in black or a devil in blue but here's my last glass to-night i am confoundedly sleepy and we rise early to-morrow right ned said tomlinson give us a song before you retire and let it be that one which lovett composed the last time we were here ned always pleased with an opportunity of displaying himself cleared his voice and complied a ditty from sherwood one laugh with us at the prince and the palace in the wild wood life there is better cheer would you board your mirth from your neighbour's malice gather it up in our garners here some kings their wealth from their subjects ring while by their foes they the poor wax free go the men of the wise wood king and it is only our foes we tax flee the cheats of trade to the shrewd good wife 
let the old be knaves at ease away with the tide of that dashing life which is stirred by a constant breeze two laugh with us when you hear deceiving and solemn rogues tell you what knaves we be commerce and law have a method of thieving worse than a stand at the outlaw's tree say will the maiden we love despise gallants at least to each other true i grant that we trample on legal ties but i have heard that love scorns them too courage then courage ye jolly boys whom the fool with the knavish rates oh who that is loved by the world enjoys half as much as the man it hates bravissimo ned cried tomlinson rapping the table bravissimo your voice is superb to-night and your song admirable really love it it does your poetical genius great credit quite philosophical upon my honour bravissimo said mcgrawler nodding his head awfully mr pepper's voice is as sweet as a bagpipe ah such a song would have been invaluable to the asinium when i had the honour to be vicar of bray to that establishment interrupted tomlinson pray mcgrawler why do they call edinburgh the modern athens because of the learned and great men it produces returned mcgrawler with conscious pride pooh pooh you are thinking of ancient athens your city is called the modern athens because you are also like the modern athenians the greatest scoundrels imaginable unless travellers belie them nay interrupted ned who was softened by the applause of the critic mac is a good fellow spare him gentlemen your health i am going to bed and i suppose you will not tarry long behind me trust us for that answered tomlinson the captain and i will consult in the business of the morrow and join you in the twinkling of a bedpost as it has been shrewdly expressed ned yawned his last good-night and disappeared within the dormitory mcgrawler yawning also but with a graver yawn as became his wisdom betook himself to the duty of removing the supper paraphernalia after bustling soberly about for some minutes he let down a press-bed in the corner of the cave for he did not sleep in the robber's apartment and undressing himself soon appeared buried in the bosom of morpheus but the chief and tomlinson drawing their seats nearer to the dying embers defied the slothful god and entered with low tones into a close and anxious commune so then said augustus now that you have realized sufficient funds for your purpose you will really desert us have you well weighed the pros and cons remember that nothing is so dangerous to our state as reform the moment a man grows honest the gang forsake him the magistrate misses his fee the informer peaches and the recusant hangs i have well weighed all this answered clifford and have decided on my course i have only tarried till my means could assist my will with my share of our present and late booty i shall betake myself to the continent prussia gives easy trust and ready promotion to all who will enlist in her service but this language my dear friend seems strange from your lips surely you will join me in my separation from the corps what you shake your head are you not the same tomlinson who at bath agreed with me that we were in danger from the envy of our comrades and that retreat had become necessary to our safety nay was not this your main argument for our matrimonial expedition why look you dear lover said augustus we are all blocks of matter formed from the atoms of custom in other words we are a mechanism to which habit is the spring what could i do in an honest career i am many years older than you i have lived as a rogue till i have no other nature than roguery i doubt if i should not be a coward were i to turn soldier i am sure i should be the most consummate of rascals were i to affect to be honest no i mistook myself when i talked of separation i must e'en jog on with my old comrades and in my old ways till i jog into the noose hempen or melancholy alternative the noose matrimonial 
this is mere folly said clifford from whose nervous and masculine mind habits were easily shaken we have not for so many years discarded all the servile laws of others to be the abject slaves of our own weaknesses come my dear fellow rouse yourself heaven knows were i to succumb to the feebleness of my own heart i should be lost indeed and perhaps wrestle as i ever so stoutly i do not wrestle away that which clings within me and will kill me though by inches but let us not be cravens and suffer fate to drown us rather than swim in a word fly with me ere it be too late a smuggler's vessel waits me off the coast of dorset in three days from this i sail be my companion we can both rein a fiery horse and wield a good sword as long as men make war one against another those accomplishments will prevent their owner from starving or if employed in the field not the road interrupted tomlinson with a smile from hanging but it cannot be i wish you all joy all success in your career you are young bold and able and you always had a loftier spirit than i have knave i am and knave i must be to the end of the chapter as you will said clifford who was not a man of many words but he spoke with reluctance if so i must seek my fortune alone when do you leave us asked tomlinson to-morrow before noon i shall visit london for a few hours and then start at once for the coast london exclaimed tomlinson what the very den of danger pooh you do not know what you say or do you think it filial to caress mother lopkins before you depart not that answered clifford i have already ascertained that she is above the reach of all want and her days poor soul cannot i fear be many in all probability she would scarcely recognize me for her habits cannot much have improved her memory would i could say as much for her neighbours were i to be seen in the purlieus of low thievery you know as well as i do that some stealer of kerchiefs would turn informer against the notorious captain lovett what then takes you to town ah you turn away your face i guess well love has ruined many a hero before may you not be the worse for his godship clifford did not answer and the conversation made a sudden and long pause tomlinson broke it you know lovett said he though i have as little heart as most men yet i feel for you more than i could have thought it possible i would fain join you there is devilish good tobacco in germany i believe and after all there is not so much difference between the life of a thief and of a soldier do profit by so sensible a remark said clifford reflect how certain of destruction is the path you now tread the gallows and the hulks are the only goals the prospects are not pleasing i allow said tomlinson nor is it desirable to be preserved for another century in the immortality of a glass case in surgeon's hall grinning from ear to ear as if one had made the merriest finale imaginable well i will sleep on it and you shall have my answer to-morrow but poor ned would he not join us certainly not his neck is made for a rope and his mind for the old bailey there is no hope for him yet he is an excellent fellow we must not even tell him of our meditated desertion by no means i shall leave a letter to our london chief it will explain all and now to bed i look to your companionship as settled humph said augustus tomlinson so ended the conference of the robbers about an hour after it had ceased and when no sound save the heavy breath of long ned broke the stillness of the night the intelligent countenance of peter magrawler slowly elevated itself from the lonely pillow on which it had reclined by degrees the back of the sage stiffened into perpendicularity and he sat for a few moments erect on his seat of honour apparently in listening deliberation satisfied with the deep silence that save the solitary interruption we have specified reigned around the learned disciple of Battelle rose gently from the bed hurried on his clothes stole on tiptoe to the door unbarred it with a noiseless hand and vanished 
sweet reader while thou art wondering at his absence suppose we account for his appearance one evening clifford and his companion augustus had been enjoying the rational amusement of ranelagh and were just leaving that celebrated place when they were arrested by a crowd at the entrance that crowd was assembled round a pickpocket and that pickpocket o virtue o wisdom o asinium was peter magrawler we have before said that clifford was possessed of a good mien and an imposing manner and these advantages were at that time especially effectual in preserving our orbilius from the pump no sooner did clifford recognize the magisterial face of the sapient scot than he boldly thrust himself into the middle of the crowd and collaring the enterprising citizen who had collared magrawler declared himself ready to vouch for the honesty of the very respectable person whose identity had evidently been so grossly mistaken augustus probably foreseeing some ingenious ruse of his companion instantly seconded the defence the mob who never descry any difference between impudence and truth gave way a constable came up took part with the friend of two gentlemen so unexceptionally dressed our friends walked off the crowd repented of their precipitation and by way of amends ducked the gentleman whose pockets had been picked it was in vain for him to defend himself for he had an impediment in his speech and messieurs the mob having ducked him once for his guilt ducked him a second time for his embarrassment in the interim clifford had withdrawn his quondam mentor to the asylum of a coffee-house and while magrawler's soul expanded itself by wine he narrated the causes of his dilemma it seems that that incomparable journal the asinian despite a series of most popular articles upon the writings of aulus prudentius to which were added an exquisite string of dialogues written in a tone of broad humour namely broad scotch with scotchmen it is all the same thing despite these invaluable miscellanies to say nothing of some glorious political articles in which it was clearly proved to the satisfaction of the rich that the less poor devils eat the better for their constitutions despite we say these great acquisitions to british literature the asinium tottered fell buried its bookseller and crushed its author magrawler only escaping like theodore from the enormous helmet of otranto magrawler only survived love says sir philip sidney makes a man see better than a pair of spectacles love of life has a very different effect on the optics it makes a man woefully dim of inspection and sometimes causes him to see his own property in another man's purse this deceptio visus did it impose upon peter magrawler he went to ranelagh reader thou knowest the rest wine and the ingenuity of the robbers having extorted this narrative from magrawler the barriers of superfluous delicacy were easily done away with our heroes offered to the sage an introduction to their club the offer was accepted and magrawler having been first made drunk was next made a robber the gang engaged him in various little matters in which we grieve to relate that though his intentions were excellent his success was so ill as thoroughly to enrage his employers nay they were about at one time when they wanted to propitiate justice to hand him over to the secular power when clifford interposed in his behalf from a robber the sage dwindled into a drudge menial offices the robbers the lying rascals declared that such offices were best fitted to the genius of his country succeeded to noble exploits and the worst of robbers became the best of cooks how vain is all wisdom but that of long experience though clifford was a sensible and keen man though he knew our sage to be a knave he never dreamed he could be a traitor he thought him too indolent to be malicious 
and short-sighted humanity too silly to be dangerous he trusted the sage with the secret of the cavern and augustus who was a bit of an epicure submitted though forebodingly to the choice because of the scotchman's skill in broiling but macgrawler like brutus concealed a scheming heart under a stolid guise the apprehension of the noted lovett had become a matter of serious desire the police was no longer to be bribed nay they were now eager to bribe macgrawler had watched his time sold his chief and was now on the road to reading to meet and to guide to the cavern mr nabham of bow street and four of his attendants having thus as rapidly as we were able traced the causes which brought so startlingly before your notice the most incomparable of critics we now read a return to our robbers hist love it said tomlinson half asleep methought i heard something in the outer cave it is the scot i suppose answered clifford you saw of course to the door to be sure muttered tomlinson and in two minutes more he was asleep not so clifford many and anxious thoughts kept him waking at one while when he anticipated the opening to a new career somewhat of the stirring and high spirit which still moved amidst the guilty and confused habits of his mind made his pulse feverish and his limbs restless at another time an agonizing remembrance the remembrance of lucy in all her charms her beauty her love her tender and innocent heart lucy all perfect and lost to him for ever banished every other reflection and only left him the sick sensation of despondency and despair what avails my struggle for a better name he thought whatever my future lot she can never share it my punishment is fixed it is worse than a death of shame it is a life without hope every moment i feel and shall feel to the last the pressure of a chain that may never be broken or loosened and yet fool that i am i cannot leave this country without seeing her again without telling her that i have really looked my last but have i not twice told her that strange fatality but twice have i spoken to her of love and each time it was to tear myself from her at the moment of my confession and even now something that i have no power to resist compels me to the same idle and weak indulgence does destiny urge me i perhaps to my destruction every hour a thousand deaths encompass me i have now obtained all for which i seem to linger i have won by a new crime enough to bear me to another land and to provide me there a soldier's destiny i should not lose an hour in flight yet i rush into the nest of my enemies only for one unavailing word with her and this too after i have already bade her farewell is this fate if it be so what matters it i no longer care for life which after all i should reform in vain if i could not reform it for her yet yet selfish and lost that i am will it be nothing to think hereafter that i have redeemed her from the disgrace of having loved an outcast and a felon if i can obtain honour will it not in my own heart at least will it not reflect however dimly and distantly upon her such bewildered unsatisfactory yet still steeped in the colours of that true love which raises even the lowest were the midnight meditations of clifford they terminated towards the morning in an uneasy and fitful slumber from this he was awakened by a loud yawn from the throat of long ned who was always the earliest riser of his set hello said he it is almost daybreak and if we want to cash our notes and to move the old lord's jewels we should already be on the start a plague on you said tomlinson from under cover of his woollen nightcap it was but this instant that i was dreaming you were going to be hanged and now you wake me in the pleasantest part of the dream you be shot said ned turning one leg out of bed and by the by you took more than your share last night for you owed me three guineas for our last game at cribbage you please to pay me before we part to-day short accounts make long friends however true that maxim may be returned tomlinson i know one much truer namely 
long friends will make short accounts you must ask jack ketch this day month if i'm wrong that's what you call wit i suppose retorted ned as he now struggling into his inexpressibles felt his way into the outer cave what ho mac cried he as he went stir those bobbins of thine which thou art pleased to call legs strike a light and be durned to ye a light for you said tomlinson profanely as he reluctantly left his couch will indeed be a light to lighten the gentiles why mac mac shouted ned why don't you answer faith i think the scot's dead seize your men yield sirs cried a stern sudden voice from the gloom and at that instant two dark lanterns were turned and their light streamed full upon the astounded forms of tomlinson and his gaunt comrade in the dark shade of the background four or five forms were also indistinctly visible and the ray of the lanterns glimmered on the blades of cutlasses and the barrels of weapons still less easily resisted tomlinson was the first to recover his self-possession the light just gleamed upon the first step of the stairs leading to the stables leaving the rest in shadow he made one stride to the place beside the cart where we have said lay some of the robbers weapons he had been anticipated the weapons were gone the next moment tomlinson had sprung up the steps love it love it love it shouted he the captain who had followed his comrades into the cabin was already in the grasp of two men from few ordinary mortals however could any two be selected as fearful odds against such a man as clifford a man in whom a much larger share of sinews and muscle than is usually the lot even of the strong had been hardened by perpetual exercise into a consistency an iron firmness which linked power and activity into a union scarcely less remarkable than that immortalized in the glorious beauty of the sculptured gladiator his right hand is upon the throat of one assailant his left locks as in a vice the wrist of the other you have scarcely time to breathe the former is on the ground the pistol of the latter is wrenched from his grip clifford is on the step a ball another whizzes by him he is by the side of the faithful augustus open the secret door whispered clifford to his friend i will draw up the steps alone scarcely had he spoken before the steps were already but slowly ascending beneath the desperate strength of the robber meanwhile ned was struggling as he best might with two sturdy officers who appeared loath to use their weapons without an absolute necessity and who endeavoured by main strength to capture and detain their antagonist look well to the door cried the voice of the principal officer and hang out more light two or three additional lanterns were speedily brought forward and over the whole interior of the cavern a dim but sufficient light now rapidly circled giving to the scene and to the combatants a picturesque and wild appearance the quick eye of the head officer descried in an instant the rise of the steps and the advantage the robbers were thereby acquiring he and two of his men threw themselves forward seized the ladder if so it may be called dragged it once more to the ground and descended but clifford grasping with both hands the broken shaft of a cart that lay in reach received the foremost invader with a salute that sent him prostrate and senseless back among his companions the second shared the same fate and the stout leader of the enemy who like a true general had kept himself in the rear paused now in the middle of the steps dismayed alike by the reception of his friends and the athletic form towering above with raised weapons and menacing attitude perhaps that moment seemed the judicious mr nabham more favourable to parley than to conflict he cleared his throat and thus addressed the foe you sir captain lovett alias howard alias jackson alias cavendish alias solomons alias devil for i knows you well and could swear to you with half an eye in your clothes or without you lay down your club there and let me come alongside of you and you'll find me as gentle as a lamb for i've been used to gemmon all my life and i knows how to treat em when i has em but if i will not let you come alongside of me what then why i must send one of these here pops through your skull that's all 
nay mr nabham that would be too cruel you surely would not harm one who has such an esteem for you don't you remember the manner in which i brought you off from justice burnflat when you were accused you know whether justly or you're a liar captain cried nabham furiously fearful that something not meet for the ears of his companion should transpire you knows you are come down or let me mount otherwise i won't be responsible for the consequences clifford cast a look over his shoulder a gleam of the grey daylight already glimmered through a chink in the secret door which tomlinson had now unbarred and was about to open listen to me mr nabham said he and perhaps i may grant what you require what would you do with me if you had me you speaks like a sensible man now answered nabham and that's after my own heart why you sees captain your time has come and you can't shilly-shally any longer you've had your full swing your years are up and you must die like a man but i gives you my honour as a gemma that if you surrenders i'll take you to the justice folks as tenderly as if you were made of cotton give way one moment said clifford that i may plant the steps firmer for you nabham retreated to the ground and clifford who had good-naturedly enough been unwilling unnecessarily to damage so valuable a functionary lost not the opportunity now afforded him down thundered the steps clattering heavily among the other officers and falling like an avalanche on the shoulder of one of the arresters of long ned meanwhile clifford sprang after tomlinson through the aperture and found himself in the presence of four officers conducted by the shrewd magrawler a blow from a bludgeon on the right cheek and temple of augustus fell that hero but clifford bounded over his comrade's body dodged from the stroke aimed at himself caught the blow aimed by another assailant in his open hand wrested the bludgeon from the officer struck him to the ground with his own weapon and darting onward through the labyrinth of the wood commenced his escape with a step too fleet to allow the hope of a successful pursuit End of chapter twenty eight